Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy. Welcome back to the podcast. It's good to have you. Good to see you, Pam. Likewise, we were off last week because of Fourth of July and life. Yes, and and we're back. We're yes. back. <laughs> and and while we were having Fourth of July and life, I went ahead and just decided, hey, why not? I'm going to go get COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been there's been a lot going on in our personal lives as well. Yeah, um, yeah it's been a couple weeks. I'll tell it's you, it's been a couple weeks. So it was Fourth of July. With a little asterisk on top of that. So yes. I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling all right. I'm in I think I'm in like when at the time of us recording this, I'm in like day four. Okay. And so uh I'm actually feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, very thankful to have been vaccinated and so it's it's not nearly as rough as it may have been. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm very fortunate. Glad that I can, you know, have a voice and yes. have thoughts that I can string together in order to do today's podcast. Yeah, so now this is both of us who've now recorded while having COVID. Yes. <laughs> I did. Well, I think I I actually looked this up in case this conversation happened today. I recorded our My Kelly Experience episode, the one that was just you and I, the one uh-huh. early, earlier this year. That's the one I had COVID for. That's right. Um, so luckily that didn't really take much research. It was all just from my noggin for that episode, which we love. So. Yes. But today's absolutely. episode is a lot of research. And I will yes. say, Jeremy did a lot of this. This is his baby, for lack of a better term. So I'm going <laughs> to let you explain this because I know you've been wanting to talk about this for months now. Yeah. Well, and, you know, recently on the show, we have made several allusions to this mystical, magical demo that Kelly Clarkson recorded and, you know, we've we've talked a lot on the show about demos and a lot of times on the show when we speak about demos, we're talking about early versions that are unfinished of songs that Kelly and the band will go forth and finish and polish. And in the case of some of the demos that came out in between the breakaway era all the way up to the stronger era, we had a lot of those demos that leaked out. But today we want to talk about some demos that didn't leak out. They were actually intentionally put out. In fact, the artist herself wanted people to hear this demo. And that is because this is an episode all about Kelly Clarkson's original pre-American Idol demo tape. And I've been really excited to talk about this because I remember, I think it was around the time of thankful that I was new to all the message boards. And this was one of the very first things that I felt like was something that was only for the real hardcore fans. This was something that only the people who were really in the weeds on Kelly Clarkson were getting a hold of. And that was because we for more or less had a direct conduit to the people that were closest to Kelly. And we'll explain that in a little more detail as we start talking about uh, this demo. But uh, for those of you who, uh, who know what we're talking about, hopefully we will give you some information that maybe you've either forgotten or maybe you never knew about the original five-track demo that Kelly Clarkson made as she was seeking her fame and fortune as a singer. Yeah, and we're also going to kind of go through, briefly, but we're going to go through what these demos are and our thoughts on them and where you can find them. And And we'll also, for the very first time ever on the podcast, we'll actually be able to give you samples of each of the songs because... This is a special occasion in that this is just simply a demo that Kelly made. So it's not actually under any sort of copyright by any record label. So this is freely available out there on the Internet. So we can actually put the music into the episode. So we're going to be able to play some clips of the various songs for those who maybe have not heard them 
uh, before or maybe who have not heard them in a really long time. We'll give you a chance to kind of get reacclimated with all of the songs. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. They're like, I remember these demos. This is what this is like an example of stuff you listen to. And by you, I mean, just like general, you listen to a while ago and then you forget it exists for years, decades. And yeah. then some and then Jeremy brings up the episode and you're like, oh, my God, that unleashed something that I haven't thought about. So a lot of these I don't think I've listened to in at least a decade. So yeah. this was this was a fun little thing and it's just wild how much her voice has changed. I mean, granted, oh, yeah. this we're going back to like 2001. We'll mm-hmm. get into it a bit more, but obviously, you know, I would hope an artist's voice matures and grows over what 20 21 years. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, but it's fun. Like I just it takes me back to a time when I remember I first got these. I got these obviously a little bit after you, but I just remember thinking, like, is this a gold mine? Like, why do people not talk about this? And it's because, you know, it, it wasn't super spoken about. I guess at the time when it was new, people who were on those message boards got it and they were excited about it. But it wasn't something that was actively spoken about for years and years to follow. So I'm really yeah. excited about this. Yeah. And I'm excited to share sort of some of the sort of behind the scenes details about how this demo got originally created. And I think really the reason why I wanted to do an episode about the original five track demo was because with the release of the Kellyoki EP, we have a new studio version of Queen of the Night, which was one of the five songs that Kelly originally recorded for this demo. And other than hearing it at a couple of different shows between 2001 and when it was released on the Kellyoki EP, this song, uh, Queen of the Night I'm talking about, hadn't really resurfaced. It's It's been sort of just one of those songs that's been out there. But, I mean, these are essentially the very first Kellyokis that she ever did, just, you know, a little before their time, so to speak, as what we now know as a Kellyoki. Yeah, and it's cute because you mentioned a couple weeks ago when we were doing our uh, first impression Kellyoki EP episode, you had mentioned that Kelly wrote in the email that she sent or that uh, Atlantic sent out that mm-hmm. she, even though she hadn't done that this on the show yet, she wanted to include it because it was one of the first demos that she did, and I just thought it was so so full circle. Yeah. So with that said, let's go back to two thousand. And 2001. So we have to go a little further back than when the demo was recorded because, of course, Kelly Clarkson is Burleson High School, class of 2000. And she was named uh, the female that was most talented in their class. And she pretty much knew from an early point in her life, uh, in, especially in high school, that she wanted to pursue music. She wanted to be a singer as her career. And so she knew early on that she was going to forego college and she was going to do everything she could to try to make it in the entertainment industry. So we fast forward to the year 2001 and Kelly decides that she's going to record a demo tape. It's what most artists used to do. I mean, anymore. Now people just put stuff up on YouTube or or TikTok. TikTok or SoundCloud or I mean, you name it. There's lots of different avenues now for people to be discovered. But back in the day, before the internet and social media, people made demo tapes and they shopped them around to various labels. And you had to physically get somebody from a label to listen to your stuff. And maybe they would take a chance on you and help make you a recording artist. So Kelly is still, even though she's a modern artist, she's still a little OG in that she kind of had to try to actually cut her teeth like everybody else did with a demo tape. And so uh, she gets together with her friends, uh, Lindsay Hope and also Jessica Huggins, and they decide that they're going to go and get this demo reel recorded uh, in July of 2001. So the actual five-track demo is now 21 years old as of this month that we're recording. And... When Kelly and Lindsay and Jess all are headed to record this demo, Kelly actually only has two songs in mind. And that's only because 
she had the karaoke tracks for two songs. And I think, even though they've never come right out and said which ones they were, I have a feeling I know which two songs she had the karaoke tracks for. I think the first song is the cover of Angel by Sarah McLaughlin, and I think the other is To Make You Feel My Love. And the reason I think that is is because, and this is a fun story for those of you who don't know uh, the background of this particular EP, or excuse me, the demo reel. I want to keep calling it an EP. It's a demo. Um, So Kelly essentially already has the Star Spangled Banner in her hip pocket. She already has that recorded. She recorded that with uh, some random producer earlier in 2001. This producer tells her about a guy named Jurgen. I don't know what his last name is, but his name is Jurgen. And he has a home studio in Las Colinas, Texas. And he says, you should go record with this guy. He's great. He'll do well by you. And so Kelly books the time with this producer named Jurgen from Germany uh, who lives in Texas. Go figure. And she and Lindsay and Jess are driving to the studio and they decide they need more songs for the demo. And so they stop off at like a record store and they go in and find any kind of karaoke album that you can find. Because back then in early 2000s, you could go into like a Sam Goody or a Tower Records and you could actually buy CD karaoke albums. Yeah. And all they were were just the instrumentals so that you could sing karaoke to them. Well, I think that Kelly specifically found a Whitney Houston karaoke album. And that's how literally on the car ride to the studio, she decides to record I Believe in You and Me and Queen of the Night. Yeah, that's, you know. I have no proof a, of that, but that's my hypothesis. hypothesis. I want to I wanna backtrack one sec. So uh-huh. as Jeremy mentioned, there she was with two of her friends, Lindsay and Jess. Now, to give some of you some context, Jess, a.k.a. Jebby, yep. um, if you've seen the Behind Hazel Eyes DVD, which we did an episode on that like a year or so ago, Jebby is the friend who she's in a lot of that, including the camping camera. Mm-hmm. She's the one with the long blonde hair. Just yes. to kind of give you a visual context. Now, Jeremy, can you let everyone know how you found out a lot of this info? Well, back in the day when Kelly first uh, was starting out after she won American Idol and even a little bit before then, when the message boards first really started, Jess was very active on the boards because Jess is the one that uh, hooked Kelly up with the American Idol audition. She's the one that let her know about it. There's the famous story about how Kelly bought Jess a car after she won. This is and also this is also the person who our friend Jen was has been was was tight with. Yes, and so Jess was sort of the conduit between Kelly and the fans in the early days. To the point where she had her own column or segment, if you will, on the various Kelly message boards. And there was an edition called Ask Jess. And that was when you could send in any questions you had about Kelly to Jess. And she would, you know, gather a whole bunch of them and then she would just knock them out and she would answer all of these questions. And she did it several, several times. I mean, there were multiple volumes, if you will, or editions of Ask Jess. I mean, and they were all kinds of questions, everything from Kelly's favorite food to her favorite color to her favorite song to, you know, what does she think about X, Y, and Z? And what does she like this movie? I mean, it was every question under the sun. Jess was really great with her time and answered a lot of these questions. Well, In addition to doing that, Jess sort of every once in a while would sprinkle in little information about the actual recording of Kelly's five track demo CD. And so a lot of the information that we have comes from directly from Jess and these old archived versions of Ask Jess. So we are now driving in the studio, Kelly and their friend Lindsay And Jess are uh, all in the car. They're headed towards the studio. They've stopped off at a record store. They've picked up a karaoke CD. Kelly literally in the car decides what the track listing is going to be for 
this demo CD that she records. They get to the studio and they record four songs and it only takes them four and a half hours to do the whole thing, which is pretty impressive considering how much it normally takes to record songs. But it seems like she kind of went in there, rehearsed a few times, maybe did a couple of takes and then just laid them down. And I guess this German producer guy had his own like band or had his own, you know, instruments laying around to where he could do a lot of the instrumentation for the album. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not anything, you know, deep. It's very basic instrumentation for this because really it's not about the instrumentals when you're making a demo reel. It's all about your voice. The voice, the melody, the song itself, because even artists today, when they are on, you know, a major label, they'll record a demo to and like to sometimes like show the label and it's bare bones and it kind of just gives the label, um, the A&R person kind of an idea of where you're going with this. And it's very flexible from there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to list the four songs. Yes, please do. And, And this is the actual track listing when when Kelly made the demo these are the songs as they appeared in order yes so the first we have is an angel by Sarah McLaughlin whose last name Rob cannot spell (laughs) (laughs) Um, the second one is I Believe in You and Me by Whitney Houston then Queen of the Night also by Whitney Houston then we have the Star Spangled Banner which we already said she had done already and then we have uh, To Make You Feel My Love Bob Dylan, right? Uh, Isn't it Bob Dylan or Bonnie? Yeah, I say there's a lot of different versions versions. out there because I know that there's a really good Garth Brooks version. Is there a Bonnie Raitt version? Am I making that up? There very well may be. I mean, that's an incredibly heavily covered song. Yeah, Yeah. I mean Adele did it years later, but anyway. So that was that's the track listing, and I'm gonna let you continue the story. And yeah, speaking of to make you feel my love. This was an easy one for her to put on here because Jess had mentioned that she used to perform to make you feel my love at a lot of weddings um, for friends and for people around town that knew that she was a great singer. So she was no stranger to performing that particular song. So I feel like she knew she had that one down cold. And so that was an easy choice for her demo reel. Now, I have to say of these songs, you know, you, you take the star single banner out of it. It's a really low tempo demo yeah aside from queen of the night um but yeah that's the thing like you know i admire her for doing some ballads and doing like one or two upbeat songs but Mm -hmm. it doesn't really showcase her total ability we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get a little bit more into it when we actually go into each song but um yeah it's not you know at the end of the day i'm like i'm glad she didn't get signed based off of these because she would be a very different artist. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, And we'll talk about, you know, the reasons why uh, the demo didn't really work uh, here in just a little bit. So, so Kelly spends four and a half hours in the studio. She records the album and then they head home. And so then the next thing they need to do is they need to create sort of the package that's going to get sent out to all the record labels. They've got, the tracks now they need to burn a bunch of CDs and they need to make some packages that are going to go out to record labels. And I have to say, before I sort of go any further about this sort of package they put together, I would maybe venture to say that this might be one of the holy grails of Kelly fan memorabilia. Yes, would be to get a hold of one of these original demo packages that were sent out to record labels i know i've seen the photos i've seen what i've seen what it looks like but i've never actually seen it in person yeah that would be worth a lot of money yeah so what they do is after they get the songs recorded they go over to uh lindsey's house and lindsey is a next door neighbor of kelly and lindsey's also a photographer and so they do sort of a, a makeshift photo shoot with Kelly. And again, this is very low budget. So Lindsay's taking the photos and they literally print them out on printer paper. I mean, they just print them out at home and they, you know, they do about a, a dozen or so different photos and they, and they put sort of a, 
a homemade booklet together. It's it's got hand tied uh, seams on it, and they print off a bunch of pictures. They sort of make like a little mini portfolio, and we'll actually share some of the photos. Um, I want to give a big shout out uh, to one of my longtime friends. Uh, that I've known from the Express. Uh, you might remember her as Squint Girl Kelly, uh, yes. but she was instrumental in uh, in getting some of these to us. So thank you so very much. Uh, we're going to share these on our social media uh, throughout the week while we're promoting the episode. But these are uh, pretty much the first ever promotional photos for Kelly Clarkson, and these predate American Idol, but they are also post high school. It's like such a gold mine. So. Thank you so much, Sarah, because like yes. I had a couple of the photos, but they were like so, 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 so small, probably saved on my hard drive from like 2006. Very so low it's res. Nice, very low res. So it's nice to have them in like, I don't want to say high res, but like better resolution than what yes. I have. Yes. Uh, so they, uh, they put these booklets together. Jess writes all the liner notes, so to speak. Uh, they write uh kelly's phone number on the discs which i think jess pointed out in one of the ask jesses uh because a couple people early early on got a hold of some of these demo reels and she said just so you know kelly's number has long since been changed (laughs) i was gonna say i was like there is no way and i there's no way she has the same number that she did 20 something years ago i'm sure she unfortunately changed it quite often yeah so they they make this package with you know string for the binding. There's the black and white photos of Kelly that Lindsay took. Then there's some info sheet along with a burned CD, and they spend an entire night packaging these together and putting them in envelopes and addressing them to all the various record labels that you can think of, and they send them out. And you know, a lot of times you you don't hear back from places. A lot of times you may never at all hear from them. And what was actually a little heartbreaking about this whole venture for them is that some of those actually just started getting returned. Uh, it happens a lot. Yeah. And they said they weren't even open. They just did a whole like return to sender kind of a thing. And Pam, you know, you as someone who's had experience in artist management, I mean, it, are there people out there who actually do still like open up those kinds of so demo reels I, and such i've never done it for labels um uh usually i've worked with artists that will either do self-release or you just establish the like relationship through networking i've never done that but i have done that a ton for radio mailings which you could probably speak to i don't yeah. know if you know major commercial stations a lot of them are still taking physical cds but a lot of the um more independent stations, AAA, non, non-commercial stations will still – they still love to have that. A lot of places don't, but um, I've had a lot of return to senders when it comes to that kind of stuff because they don't even want CDs anymore. But this we're, – yeah. we're, we're talking 2000, 2001. Yeah. CDs were, you know, the thing. So it's – I'm not surprised, unfortunately, because a lot of times you really need to establish the rapport with someone. You know, once in a while, maybe you'll mail it out back in the day, but it's really all about like meeting someone and figuring out their talent and their needs up front. Yeah. So they send out all of the demos and some get returned to sender probably right away. Some probably a little bit down the road. And it's not long after Kelly records the demo that she makes her big move from Texas to L.A., And we know the famous story of Kelly moving out to Los Angeles. She gets the roommates. They get the apartment. The apartment uh, ultimately burns down. And Kelly moves back to Texas with her tail between her legs. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a lot of that because there's a lot more stuff that happens there. And I do want to talk about a little bit more of the stuff that happened there uh, in just a minute. But I want to stay on, on topic here about the demo itself. So... Fast forward, Kelly moves back to Texas. Jess, a.k.a. Jebby, tells her about American Idol. She gets to do the audition. She auditions in Dallas, and the rest is history. Fast forward to around after Kelly has won Idol. I can't remember if it's 
around the time when Thankful is either about to come out or has already come out. My my history is fuzzy. But Jess is now communicating with fans through the message boards, and she's sharing a lot of info about Kelly. She may have even already started the whole Ask Jess uh, column or, or feature, if you will, uh, on the message boards. And Jess says, hey, I have something to share with you guys. And it's actually Jess that posted all of the songs from the original demo online. And she essentially gave them all away and said, here is Kelly's very first demo. And that is how all the fans originally first started to get their hands on these songs. And it's funny because, again, this is still very early. So this is like 2003, possibly 2004. I I just off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact dates. But either way, it's still very early in this whole idea of like file sharing and sharing MP3 songs with people without paying for them. And, you know, we know where a lot of that stuff was currently at around this time. And so it, again, felt like a really cool gift to be in possession of some of these earliest recordings by Kelly. And it was definitely something that we have to thank uh, Jess for doing because I still really love listening to all of these songs. I will say I don't listen to her version of the Star Spangled Banner because... (laughs) You, you just don't, you know. It's, you don't listen to it on a random Thursday night? No, I really don't. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, I hadn't, much like how you hadn't listened to these other songs in a decade, I don't think I had listened to her version of the Star Spangled Banner that was included on the demo. I hadn't listened to that maybe since the first few times I ever listened all the wow. way through this CD. So wow. it was a little wild to go back and re-listen to it and just, you know, kind of unlock some of those early Kelly fandom memories that that brought up. Yeah, like I don't really know like what their like end game was. I mean, obviously like Kelly was on a label by that point, so it's not like she was trying to like get her music out there for people to hear. Yeah. It probably was just like a thank you to the fans and knowing that these songs were these versions were not going to do anything. Yeah. Maybe it was just like a hey, let's give them a little treat and like let's get the fans excited. I don't know. Yeah. But very cool and like Again, it's like so ahead of its time because now anyone can just upload whatever to YouTube and it's just like, oh, cool, here you go. Or, you know, upload it to Instagram or TikTok. But back then it was just like, oh, my God, this is like almost like taboo. But it's exciting. It's exciting. Well, that's what I was saying earlier about how it felt like you were in the inner circle when it came to being a Kelly fan. You know, there were people who knew her as the winner of American Idol, but we're like, oh, yeah, but we're over here with these songs that not everybody has. And, you know, you you don't even know what we've got our hands on, you know, and it yeah. felt very exclusive. And I I really loved that. And it's uh, it was sort of one of the early reasons why I think I attached myself so strongly to the fan base was because I did feel like I was a part of her entire career from the ground up, because not only did I spend all my time voting for her on Idol and, and watching her win? But now I get to also have a little piece of what her life was like pre-Idol when she was trying to make it as a singer. Now there's even more of a stronger foundation of my enjoyment of her career that can be built upon and, you know, is is part of what made my love for her and her career so strong is because there was so much given to us as fans early, early on. And I, I love the fact that these demos are part of that. There were a couple of songs that were recorded that did not make the internet. And I know you want to talk about that a little bit. Yes. So there are other demos from Kelly that exist out there that are from the pre-idle days. And these, I don't know if these will ever see the light of day because we go back to when Kelly was living in L.A., She was hooked up with Jerry Goffin, and if you are a music fan, you should know who Jerry Goffin is. If you don't, he used to be Carole King's husband, who, of course, Carole King is a genius and a legend. Uh, But Carole King and Jerry Goffin together were one of the most prolific and incredible songwriting duos in music history. They wrote some of the 
best songs of the 70s and the 80s and, and even beyond. And so along with Jerry Goffin, she also gets together with some other songwriters like Michael Bloom and Barry Goldberg. And they were actually pretty impressed with her abilities. They liked the demo. And so they wanted to try to get her a record deal. And so they got her into a studio and they wanted to work with her. And so they recorded some other songs with Kelly that are not off the rack music store karaoke stuff. They did originals with her. These are songs that they all got together, wrote, and then had Kelly record. Now, it can be debated as to whether they were using Kelly as a session singer to also shop these songs if they wanted to shop them to other artists, because that happens all the time. I mean, hell, Kelly's recorded, you know, songs that ended up being, you know, leaked demos that ended up going to other artists like One Direction, Lindsay Lohan, et cetera, et cetera. But we do know that she recorded at least five songs with uh, with Jerry Goffin and his songwriting partners. Now, unfortunately, Jerry Goffin got really sick around this time, and he was not able to continue recording with Kelly. Uh, Jerry Goffin has since passed away. But um, they this was sort of where their recording relationship, unfortunately, ended. But this little session would kind of come back to... I don't want to say haunt Kelly a little bit, but it did come back up when she was in the process of American Idol. And I think it was either right after she won or it was near the end of the run of the show where people were actually questioning whether or not Kelly could be considered a professional when she tried out for Idol. Because, of course, they wanted people who didn't have record contracts, who weren't professional singers, who you know were the undiscovered talent. And here comes this kelly clarkson girl who has recorded demos with one of the most incredible prolific songwriters in music history what they ultimately decided was that she recorded demos nothing had been released she'd never signed a contract for anything uh in fact american idol had to release a statement about this and said look kelly is well within the rules She wasn't considered a professional when she came in and auditioned in Dallas and especially when she went through the process of the entire show. Yeah, she worked with a really well-known songwriter. She recorded some demos, but that's the extent of it. You know, she wasn't signed to a label. She didn't put anything out for sale. I I have no memory of this whatsoever. So my mind's a little blown right now. Yeah, it was a really quiet thing. I mean, it, it, they didn't make a big stink out of it. I don't think anybody was calling foul and saying that Kelly needed to relinquish her title or, or you know, be booted off the show. It was just one of those things that came up like, oh, hey, we learned that this girl recorded with Jerry Goffin. What's the story with that? And so Idol had to obviously uh, come forward and, and talk about it because it was, in fact, true. Yeah. Um, we do know that... There was a chance for some of these songs to see the light of day. In fact, three of them uh, were considered for thankful for Kelly's first album. Uh, Jerry Goffin and the other songwriters got together. They tried to sell three of the five songs to RCA for inclusion on thankful. We don't know what these songs are exactly. Maybe somebody does out there somewhere. But we do know that those songs nearly made the first album. I is is Kelly an ASCAP artist or is she BMI? I can't remember. I I used to be able to tell you that off the top of my head. I don't know. Whatever. It'll, that's an easy find. I'm wondering if she was a registered songwriter at that point. And I don't know if she actually wrote on these songs. We don't know that. Yeah. But I'd be very curious to do some digging to see what songs are out there by those three people. By Jerry, be, Michael, and Barry. I mean, it's a yeah, stretch, but yeah. I mean, that could be some insane detective work. And to see if it did actually go to anyone else. I would be really surprised if they let her write on those songs. Because while she probably mentioned, oh yeah, I've been writing you know, songs here and there since I was a kid. I'm willing to bet that they were not ready to take an unknown entity like Kelly and say, oh, yeah, join in the club. You're going to yeah. be one of the writers on this. I, I have a feeling that they did not include her as far as writing. But, look, weirder things have happened. 
yeah, who knows? She could have brought stuff to them also. No idea. But I'm I'm very curious now. See, like, now you have me wanting to like go and search <laughs> through the ASCAP and BMI archives with for these particular three songwriters and find out if those songs are out there somewhere. Just saying, for a rainy day, if you're bored. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good project. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. So with that said, we've covered uh, the fact of, of how Kelly came to record her demo. We know that the demo really didn't work. I mean, she sent it out in the mail to a lot of record labels. When she moved to California, she had a bunch of them with her and she would, you know, hand them out whenever she could, like everybody else who's, you know, working in LA at a coffee shop or, you know, wherever that all the different places that she worked, I'm sure she always had one of her demo tapes on her nearby. Uh, But obviously that really doesn't help her ultimately get to where she becomes Kelly Clarkson capital letters. So the demo gets released to the fans after the fact of when she's become a superstar. And now we have them as sort of our little bit of fan service, our little gift that we got early on in Kelly's career. And so we thought we would talk a little bit about uh, the five songs. We're going to mostly talk about just four songs, but we thought we would talk a little bit about the uh, the five songs that make up this demo tape. And the first one we have to go with in order, of course, is her cover of Sarah McLaughlin's Angel, Pam. Yes, this was like kind of obvious that this could be a, um, I don't want to say karaoke, a karaoke one, a karaoke yeah. version. Because the piano is so loud and like you can tell that like it's not just like someone playing piano in the room with her. It's like it's like overpowering. It's yeah. very loud. Yeah. Um, it, It's funny. At the time, this was a fairly newish song. It was only like three or four years old, but it just seems so old and sounds so dated. Yeah. But it's OK. Um, I think it's very it's 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 a long song. That's my biggest complaint. It goes on way too long. But again, it's a demo. She was not going to be like releasing this as like an original song. Um, has some pretty vocals. There's no crazy runs. It's just very mellow. There's definitely some like string violin in there at p- very sporadic points. Mm-hmm. And that I do like. Yeah. And, and before we get too you know, far down the road with this, we do have to say that, again, this was a demo tape. We're not yeah. going to be ultra like nitpicky about it because as i'm as i sound nitpicky well and because we compare it to like the kelly clarkson that we, we know, know exactly now. it's just and so mellow compared it's like ugh. yeah and it's and it's almost not fair it's not fair it's so vanilla now it's like eh it was okay that's kind of why i said earlier i'm kind of happy she didn't get signed off of these because they're okay yeah yeah, and, you know, Sarah McLaughlin put this on her surfacing album. It became, you know, a massive hit. It's this, It's the ASPCA song. All that, those really sad animal commercials. Oh, always yeah. change the channel or mute. Yeah, always. Exactly. And it's weird to, to go back and listen to Kelly sing this song because you can tell, first of all, she's very young. This is And this is another reason why, you know, we're not going to be hypercritical about it because she was 19. Like 18, 19 years yeah, old. 18, yeah, 18, 19 at the time when she recorded this. So- she didn't have the full maturity of her voice. You can tell how young her voice still is as she's singing this song. Now, again, the demo tape doesn't really showcase all that she was capable of. Again, we said before queen of the night was really the only song that had any kind of tempo to it. And that does a decent job, but Angel, I think, is just one where you can tell that she can cleanly hold notes. Uh, She has a very pure sound, and it is definitely a voice that can be molded. And there, it shows that there's a lot to work with there when you listen to this song. In fact, we've been saying it a lot. Let's give a listen to a bit of Kelly Clarkson's version of Angel. Feel you were 
right, so you get the gist of Kelly's version there of Angel. It's still weird to be able to play Kelly's songs on the podcast because normally we're not allowed to, but special dispensation, I guess, for these. uh, Thank you, Jess. Yeah, for these released songs, so to speak. Uh, Look, it's still a really nice version. Um, I, I don't know if I care to hear 2022 Kelly Clarkson sing this song again. No, unless she like changed up the production of it and changed like and like changed the melody a bit. I not like remix, but like change it up somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero interest. I don't know. I think Sarah did a great job, but it it is what it is. I don't know. It's not a song for everyone. Yeah. And and I think the song just it became such a it became such a parody of itself. Yeah. Because, you know, it is it is now forever linked to those ASPCA commercials. And, you know, I remember, gosh, I remember when, you know, I was in my early days of of being on the radio. I played this song on the air and I remember we would just jokingly like howl like dogs. Mind you. Oh, my God. Mind you, this is well before this song's got used in those commercials, but that song would come on and we'd be like, oh, like it was just, it was one of those songs because it just, I mean, you know, you know, if you know the original version, you know what I'm talking about. And I just, it's just one of those songs that's sort of become uh, like, I don't want to call it a, well, it's not, I mean, it's not a joke. It's a good song, but you always have it associated with something very unpleasant. Yes. Yes, and sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's almost like, you know, what a meme would be considered now. <laughs> yes. You know? It is, a, it, it is a song meme, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I I just, I think that, you know, this did what it was supposed to do for her on her demo reel. I mean, maybe if she breaks it out, maybe she's going to have a dog and cat episode of the Kelly Clarkson oh show. God. And she does this for Kelly Oki at the beginning. I don't know. She's like, please adopt all these animals. Yes. Oh my gosh. She I only mean, has dogs and cats in the audience. Oh, my God. The virtual <laughs> audience is just like a golden retriever. Yes. <laughs> Producers, if you're listening, we have an idea. Her one and only guest is Joel McHale, who just keeps bringing out different animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i like when we record in the evening i know i've said that before but we're a, we're a lot more more giddy yeah we're a little more punch drunk that's for sure <laughs> yes. all right uh the second song on the demo is i believe in you and me this is the first of the two whitney houston songs and again you know another really down tempo ballad um and and maybe it's the the Jurgen guy who did the the music for the demo, but I think the the cheesiness of the track really takes me out of this song. Well, didn't we agree that this was probably another one of the karaoke tracks because it's just so blatantly obvious? Yeah, I mean it's. It, I mean this is I think one of the ones that she picked up on the from the store on the way. Yeah. And I think she got like, you know, a best of Whitney Houston karaoke and she was like, well, I'm not doing I Will Always Love You. And so, you know, she picks this song. It was uh, it's from 1996. It was originally on the soundtrack to The Preacher's Wife. Maybe Kelly liked the song, liked the movie. Maybe it's possible because the movie was only about five years old at the time. So that could have been a a consideration. But it does also just it, it's another song where it shows that Kelly can hold notes. She can um, she can showcase her range a bit. Yeah. But it's again, it is a little vanilla for if this is a demo that's supposed to wow people. I don't think that I would have necessarily chosen this particular Whitney Houston song. No, let's play a clip for everyone. Yeah. Maybe I'm a
can think of, it's just so schmaltzy. And it yeah. just sounds so karaoke. Like I really just picture my picture someone in a karaoke bar singing this and I see it on the screen and a really like low res TV. I just it's just <laughs> screams karaoke night. And it's so 90s R&B. I mean, it is what it is, but it's yeah. it this would not if I were an A&R person, this would not do anything for me. This just it's not again, it's not bad. It's just it screams karaoke. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that you know we have said on the in the past in the podcast about songs that crescendo for us. I mean, the the easy example is sober. Yeah, uh, and she's got some others. I think uh, we 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 were even talking about this when we were talking about the Kelly Oki EP. Happier than ever, faithful yeah. to trees. Yeah, you know, I believe in you and me is one of those songs that crescendos. But again, Kelly's voice is so young and still so raw that she can't quite get to that Whitney Houston level. Now, if she redid this song today, definitely could. I think she would absolutely slay this song. I would love to hear her attempt this song today just because Whitney gives it a really, really excellent vocal, and I would love to hear Kelly's voice being as warm and rich and full as it is now as a 40-year-old would love to hear how she does this song now. I'm going to admit that like back in the day when we got the demos, uh, this was the one song, like I think I've only heard the song like maybe five times ever in my life because mm-hmm. those opening notes, again, if you know it's a Whitney song when you know it's coming, like it's different, but like knowing that this was like an unfinished demo, those notes just in the very beginning kind of turned me off. So this was kind of one of those songs that I, and it was the only song out of the demos I didn't know. So yeah. I never gave this the light of day. I'd be curious to see what it sounds like now. Yeah. But like, I'd be okay if we didn't get anything. Yeah. Uh, another thing too that should probably be noted about the songs that are on the demo tape are that they are very true to the originals. You know, yes. nowadays when, you know, we, we have been so spoiled with all of these hundreds of Kellyokis. That, I mean, I would say nine times out of ten, she kind of puts her own twist on it. It's actually kind of rare that she stays true to the source material. So, you know, when we get now to the third song on the demo tape, Queen of the Night, it is very interesting to listen to the demo version that she did in 2001 and then go and listen to the quote-unquote nine-inch nails version that she decided to do for Kelly Oki. Nine-inch is... nails? That took me a second. I was like, wait a minute, did she cover closer? And I didn't, wasn't paying no, attention. But, but that was, and I'm trying to remember, she mentioned this uh, in a recent interview that, and I think it was the interview that she did with Apple Music. She said that she wanted to do Queen of the Night. Like she came to Jason Halbert and said, I want to do Queen of the Night, but make it nine-inch nails. I have not listened to that because I don't have Apple Music, so I need to do that. But yes. that is a hilarious comparison, and I'm here for it. I was yeah, like, so- I, you got me excited. I was like, did she cover Nine Inch Nails? And I, this? <laughs> I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I it's this is so true to the original. It like yeah. it's like it's so Th- obvious. Th- this is straight karaoke night. I mean, this is. <laughs> I mean, and again, we're not knocking her performance on here because I mean, she does, she does wonderful on all of these songs. She really does. But it's just the fact that, you know, it's the demo. The whole point of this demo is to showcase her voice and showcase the fact that she can sing. I think that this guy that produced the demo maybe didn't do her a lot of favors because you know, A, he didn't know her that well, so he doesn't know what he's working with. He doesn't know what she's potentially capable of because it's funny to think that only about a year later, this is the same girl who is up on stage on national TV doing stuff like that there, respect. Whistle notes. Like Yes. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, she's like a year away from doing whistle notes on TV for millions of people. So I don't know if there was really that much progression in her voice. I don't know if she got better coaching uh, once she got to Idol. There are a lot of different factors that could have happened. But a lot of times when you are a producer of an album, part of your job is to bring out the best you can bring out from an artist 
And again, like we said earlier, four songs in four and a half hours. Like they weren't trying to, you know, they're not making Led Zeppelin here. Like they're, <laughs> you know, they had a finite amount of time, probably a finite amount of money to pay for studio time. Yeah. So they got what they got. And I, and maybe this should be sort of the byline for the episode, but this is a very much, you pay for what you get. Yeah. Or you get she, what you pay for. Yeah. She is shouting this whole song. I'm sorry, yeah. just going to say it. She is shouting and she sounds out of breath. It's, it's almost, it just doesn't, you know, it's not what she's capable. Like she can do so much more and that's. It's a bit of a bummer, but it's very, very interesting to listen to this versus 2022 version back to back. It is oh my gosh. jarring. Let's let's play a clip of the 2001 version. I've got the stuff that you want. I've got the things that you need. I've got more than enough to make you drop to your knees. Cause I'm the queen of the night. The queen of the night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. play the 2022 version but you can easily find that if you do want to find this version on on youtube type in kelly clarkson queen of the night demo make sure you write demo otherwise you're going to get everything from kelly oki just a little pro tip there um you know the this the old version of queen of the night it's good she does hit a lot of notes there's some cool electric guitar it's just a little difficult to to compare it fairly with yeah our current version it's just so difficult and by the time she put this on the demo queen of the night and like the bodyguard soundtrack were about 10 years old at this point so i don't want to say that they weren't relevant anymore but i think there were other up-tempo pop songs that she could have probably better chosen but again you know, this is likely one of the songs that she chose on the way to the studio. She got herself a Whitney Houston greatest hits karaoke CD and said, oh, I know Queen of the Night. I can do that. Or maybe even looked at it and be like, oh, we need some up-tempo stuff because everything else we picked is a ballad. Uh, and I don't want to be, you know, pigeonholed as a ballad singer. Yeah. So this is our one and only real up-tempo offering on the demo. Uh, and yeah, it's it's especially now that we have such an incredible version on record it is so funny to go back and listen to this version but also you know it it now i feel like it has a little place of honor because it is sort of one of those songs that started this all you know this is this is one of those songs that you can go back to and be like man look at where she came from when you play these two versions you know 21 years apart from one another uh, this song, you know, there's just something about it. Like this is the, this is the big one for the demo. I think this it's is the you original karaoke. Yeah, I mean, it really is, and I mean, the whole demo essentially is. But you know, this is the standout. So to, this is supposed to be the standout song on the demo. Is you know the big pop number, Queen of the Night. Uh, all right, not a lot to say about the fourth track on here. It's the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, I have comments. Okay, um, well, this was recorded outside of the sessions um, uh, in Texas. Look, she, she was a, a, a good singer from the area. I have the I have the image in my mind of her doing the national anthem before, you know, high school games and maybe even some local college games or something or any sort of, you know, pig roast that they might have been doing that needed, that needed a national anthem song. I mean, she was probably oh a go-to gosh. person. Uh, for the national anthem, who knows? Who knows? I this is this is the demo I've played the most of in my life, which is really bizarre. Really, <laughs> she sounds so good. I literally wrote in all caps, "So good!" Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! She just sounds so good, and like it's it's acapella. I'm a sucker for an acapella track. Yeah, I will say that this is oddly enough, this is the best vocal on the whole demo. It's so good. I mean, that, yeah. maybe, I didn't, maybe I don't have a lot of comments, but I just want to say, like, guys, it's really good. And I know it's silly. This is my most played track out of the five, but I don't know. 
It's the only demo I think that really at, like very accurately shows off her vocals. So. Uh, let's let's play a little clip of it. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the number one on the demo (laughs) (laughs) who leads a demo off with the national anthem if it's good then go with it okay (laughs) you're just like shut up next song next track well i'm just one last thing on the uh, on the star spangled banner um yes it is the oddly enough it's the best vocal on the entire demo which is strange to say but it's probably a song, again, like the next song that we're going to talk about, it's probably the song that she was the most comfortable singing because she'd probably sung it a million times. So, of course, she's going to be able to nail it, especially when it's a cappella. Yeah. So the next and last song on this uh, CD is To Make You Feel My Love. And of the four, of the four demos, um, this is my favorite. I think... It's the closest to being kind of finished without the karaoke vibe to it. There might it might have been a karaoke version. I'm not sure. But I really like it. And whoever is doing the background vocals, it's some guy. It almost sounds like a duet at some point. Wouldn't be surprised if it's the producer guy. Very interesting. Yeah. Very uh, interesting. You were right, by the way. Earlier in the episode, you had asked if uh, this was a Bob Dylan. This is, in fact, a Bob Dylan song. That's what I thought. I mean, I know yeah. everyone's everyone's had covered it, but oh my I thought gosh. it was so a many Bob people. Dylan song. Yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. And it's cool because this is, you know, one of the few tracks that we have had her cover again. She did that duet with Ben Platt, I think, on the Kelly Clarkson show, which was awesome. And yeah. I think it's it was it that was pretty full circle. And I have a feeling that she wasn't thinking of it as Oh, I did this on my original demo. She's probably like, no, I've been singing this for years. Yeah. And I feel like to make you feel my love is one of those songs that I almost feel like it's a rite of passage for musicians to cover this song. Because we mentioned earlier that a lot of different people have covered it. I want to give you a list of just some of the people who have covered this song. Okay. Okay. So we have obviously Kelly, Uh, probably the next most well-known version is probably Garth Brooks. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. I would say, say Adele's bigger. Well, Adele is more recent, but yes. I mean, a, a, Garth Brooks, I mean, had a hit with it. Did Adele, he? it would be right there after him. Okay. Uh, but then you've got people like Michael Bolton, Neil Diamond, uh, Michael Buble, Pink. Leah Michelle did it on Glee. I mean, th- and there's a huge list. Uh, Billy Joel did a version of it. So there are endless versions of this song on top of the original by Bob Dylan. Um, you know, this is, and then after I, after I get all this praise for it, this is okay. This, this song is just okay for me. Um, again, it's, I, I would have rather her issue a ballad, a, another ballad on here for a more up-tempo song. And I understand that this song came easy for her because she had sung it so many times. According to Jess, she used to sing it at a lot of weddings. And of course that makes sense. It was probably the song next to the Star Spangled Banner that she knew the best. But that doesn't mean you necessarily have to put it on your demo. Let's take a listen to it. Yeah. Oh, 
you know, maybe it's easier to do a, a, de a, a demo CD with ballads because there's not as much, there's not as many instruments that you need and yeah. it's going to sound a little bit more organic rather than a karaoke instrumental thing. It's nice. I, it, it's my favorite of the four. Really? Um, of the four. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Queen of the Night would be, but now that I know the newer version of Queen of the Night, I just can't unhear it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do I can't. That. Well, and I, and I was just doing a, a search, too, because I thought maybe the reason why she included so many ballads was because that was just sort of where the state of music was at that time. But even then, like, that's not where music was. I mean, you think back to 2001. So we go back to July 2001. Here's some of the songs that you might have heard on the radio at that time. You've got Let Me Blow Your Mind by Eve. Which you she's have, done. Yeah, you have All For You by Janet Jackson. Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott. Uh, you have Where the Party At by Jagged Edge. You have Survivor by Destiny's Child. You Remind Me by Usher. When It's Over from Sugar Ray. Uh, you have Jaded by Aerosmith. I think Pink had Misunderstood Out around this time. It was around around this time. Uh, yeah, roughly. So you've got a lot of really good up-tempo music on the radio right now. So I find it really interesting that she would have chosen to do so many ballads. And maybe maybe she just thought that, you know, her ballads were where her strong point was. Uh, maybe she just she either didn't know yet that she could really blow or she just hadn't gotten there yet. I will say it was probably smart of her to not do something that was like very current and out because then everyone's mm -hmm. going to be comparing you. You know, if she were to do, you know, even something from like 2000, 1999, it's still a little risky because it's still fairly fresh in people's heads. So, you know, I think the the most recent song that she did was the Sarah McLaughlin song from 1997. Um, but I think it was smart for her to not do a current hit. Yeah, no, you're right. You're probably right. So interesting. But guys, let us know what you think. Yes. We want to know what you guys think about the uh, the original demo songs. Yeah. Again, these are all on YouTube. Definitely, if you're searching for these songs, type in the word demo just so you can definitely like differentiate versus, you know, so you don't get the, the new Queen of the Night or you don't get the Ben Platt duet. You want to yeah. get the original. So throughout the week, we'll be posting the videos to these that are on YouTube. There's some funny homemade uh, windows media player kind of or I, old school iMovie kind of videos oh they're great gosh. it's like they're like photo collage videos that fans made they're so dated i love them and you're gonna enjoy them too i hope yeah plus um, all the photos uh from the photo shoot from Lindsay hope yes that will be posting i think we're i think let's post that the day this comes out let's do it let's post some of those photos and uh, yeah, let us know what you think of these demos. If you, what do you, do you like them? Do you not like them? Which are your favorites? Let us know. We're very curious because we clearly have opinions. So we want to know yours. <laughs> yes. Um, as always, if you listen to us on Spotify, on the app specifically, if you have five seconds to spare and leaving, leave us a rating there, it's very easy to do. And same thing if you're on Apple, we would really appreciate if you left us a rating. You can also write a review if you're feeling so inclined. And uh, it helps other Kelly fans discover our podcast. So yes. thank you in advance. Yes. And uh, while you're doing all that, uh, hopefully you'll be waiting patiently for the next episode of Missing the Podcast. And we're going to give you a little bit of a teaser for next week's episode. I'll just come right out and say it, Pam. We are going to have another member of my band, y'all, right here on the podcast. We can't wait for you to uh, hear that episode. And we're going to keep a surprise because yes. there's how many, like four other people that we, four people we've not spoken with yet. So we yes. have a one in four shot of guessing, but we're not going to tell you if you're right. Yes. We're very excited to talk to this particular <laughs> member of the band. And uh, that's really about it from us. So hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And uh, talk to you soon. Bye. See you guys. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook. 
Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to Miss Indie Podcast at gmail.com. 